All right. Oh, it looks like we got like six people already diving on live. What's going on, everybody? Drop, <laughs> drop hashtag live if you're watching live with us and go ahead and hit me with the hashtag replay since I know most of you beautiful people are going to be watching the replay. Now, um, uh, you guys know my whole goal here is bringing anything that's going to help you perform better in your business, and your life, so you can just help the amount of people that you want to help. And um, I saw, I met this guy, Cam, you know, just online networking. And within a couple of messages, he was like, dude, let's just hop on a call. And I'm not big on just hopping on calls with like people just to like hop on a call. But like the energy was just so right through Messenger. And I was like, OK, I can, one, I can tell this is not a VA. Two, I just like this guy's energy. So like, let's definitely just hop on a call and get to know each other. And I don't know about you, Cam, but I got the feeling of whenever we got on that call, it's like, I don't know you, but I know you. And like, we just like instantly click. So it was like. Just in hearing what this guy does is pretty like mind blowing the what he does, the way he does it. He's a marketing strategist, but honestly, I don't feel like that does him justice in what he really does. So, Cam, man, if you can just first jump in and let us know what you do and honestly, how you even got into doing that kind of work. Such a good question. Yeah. So my name is Cam Snow. And as Adrian said, like. I'm a marketing strategist. I started out as a copywriter, became a marketing strategist and kind of like my big um, claim to fame, as it were, is that while I was working for this guy, Scott Oldford, I was the copywriter and helped was kind of the, a big driving force behind 10 million in revenue that we generated. Um, and that was that engagement. And since then, I probably my career total is probably more like 15 to 17 million in terms nice. of like what I've helped to produce. Um and so that what I do is I help entrepreneurs cure their voicelessness by extracting and helping them tell their story. Um, when you think about it, you actually mentioned this right before our call. And I was like, I'm going to use this. Um, it's like, who is Tony Robbins without the story? Who's Oprah Winfrey without the story? Who is oh. any significant figure? They're nobody. No. All of us were really nobody without our story. And when you as an entrepreneur, you don't have clarity on what your story is and you're not consistently telling it, you get lost or you prohibit yourself from the amount of fulfillment that you could have. So how I got into that is a great question. Um, I've been doing like, give us all of it, man. All, all of it. it. I've been doing like this kind of work. Um, and by that, I mean, I've been doing some kind of marketing stuff positioning and messaging um probably since high school i was in debate mm -hmm. club i did all that stuff but then i grew up in the consulting world my dad worked for a political consultant so when i turned 17 i went straight into politics and i started working as a political consultant like a political operative is what i called myself because i'd never really had a, a specialty i was just did everything uh -huh. and then in 2016 i fell out of that into internet marketing and as a copywriter i quickly discovered that like you need the story to write anything compelling, <laughs> anything that's like worth reading. And then as I started coaching entrepreneurs, the thing that kept coming up is I would have somebody bring up like a piece of copy, be like, hey, why isn't this ad converting? Can you look at this landing page, whatever. And I would read the ad and be like, well, of course it's not working. You have a fear of being seen. And I can tell that from your copy. And then I would just go down and like, well, what's the story? Why did you build this thing? Why are you writing? Why are you running this ad? And then I would get to the bottom of it, discover some deep, probably childhood drama around why they're doing the business that they're doing, 
and help them connect that to their marketing message. And I just started doing that. It just started happening. And so now that's what I do. In okay, so real quick, real quick, just for my clarity in the audience. So what you said is you are able to extract the actual reason yeah. why somebody does what they do. You help them pull that into, into their marketing so they can impact more people. Totally. Yes, mm. exactly. Now, so, you know, when people say like, turn your message, your message, uh huh. this is how you do it. But usually people, people often, ex people will mistake. Oh, here we go. People will mistake the explosion for the message. And what I mean by that mean? is yeah. for years, I would tell the story of in 2014, my wife and I got married and on our six month anniversary, we had a really bad car accident, like the kind of car accident that you shouldn't survive. And for years, I told that story as if it was my origin story. Like I was in this car accident and it just, it led me into the online space because I was in the car accident. She started having a lot of health issues. And then I had to um, figure out a way to make money that wasn't in the, in the nine to five space. Cause it just, it just wasn't working. And I wasn't even trying, but I kind of ended up in the online space, but that was a huge reason why is because but the that's car accident. not the origin story. No, it can be. It's an origin story for something, but was that my story? No, it wasn't because the story of what I do now is I help entrepreneurs cure entrepreneurial voicelessness. And I didn't know that for a long time. But when I started to get clarity on my process and was able to reverse engineer a little bit on myself, mm -hmm. I began to realize that my story of voicelessness started far before the car accident. In fact, I never even associated the car accident with voicelessness. And when I say voicelessness, I mean, you have something to say, you know, you have something to say, but you can't quite find the words or you can't quite get it out. And so you end up living a life where you don't use your voice. Or you use it in only one color and like uh, authority. Like you only ever talk about client results. You only ever talk about like how like you're marketing content, but there's no you in your marketing. And so your story is only one flavor. And that's also a symptom of voicelessness is where you're only ever talking about one aspect of something and not the whole totality. So when I kind of figured out my story of voicelessness began much, much earlier. And I looked at like, I literally built my life around promoting somebody else's message. I was, went into politics and was like, I don't have a voice, so I will help you use yours. So, and then he became a copywriter, literally a ghostwriter. I was somebody else's voice to help them speak their message because I didn't think that I had one. And it wasn't until I got out on my own in 2019 that it began to be exposed what was actually happening because it was a pattern in my life. It wasn't just yeah. in business and in my career. It was affecting everything, affecting my marriage, affecting my relationships, affecting my business. And through that, because I wasn't speaking my truth, I had to go through a lot of emotional suppression. I had struggled with a porn addiction since age 11. And I just, and that exploded when I got out on, got out on my own in 2019 it just took over my life and so i entered recovery in april 2020 because mm -hmm. i couldn't function 
Yeah. And there was the alcohol and the weed and the sugar and the caffeine and everything else. Everything and you just dump on top on of it. And then exactly. Yeah. Just dumping on it to suppress. Hmm. You know, so I remember on our initial call when me and you first met, um, you actually gave me your story as to how you discovered. Like, and I feel like you hinted on it, especially with the whole ghostwriting thing and, you know, you sharing somebody else's message. But I know you have a really interesting, pro- by the way, your process around getting people's stories is very interesting. So I'd like to know about that. But before that, you know, whatever you're open to sharing. But before that, how did you discover your origin story, like your core story as to why your business exists? And what is that, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, totally. You know, the story that I shared with you. Um, so let me give you a quick framework so that I can okay. like give you the story within the framework. Okay. And the framework is is called the story economy. Um, and the, the, the story economy. Okay. The story economy is a marketing system that is based off of seven stories, seven kinds of stories. Okay. And those seven stories, that first story is the foundation. So imagine that you have a pyramid because actually I built it as like a pyramid. Okay. And you're building a sky, you're building this pyramid. Really, I like a skyscraper and a skyscraper has stories. And if you put the fourth story of your skyscraper and you build it as the first story without the foundation, the whole building collapses. You have to have that foundational story. So that foundational story is your why, your personal why. What is your interest in your business's mission? And okay. the second story is your authority story. Why are you qualified to give your gift? What results have you already produced? And then the third one is positioning. Specifically, like how are you positioned against the problem that you solve for your marketplace? And how does your story relate to that? I'll get into the other four stories later because they're not as relevant for this discussion. Okay, okay. Um, but that first story, the personal why, for me, the story that I shared with you is a version of that story that I'd never shared before with anybody. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> oh snap so you guys are getting it guys like you no, we're, just, lucky. Like, we're just going for it um <laughs> the story that i used to tell around my personal why was more similar to what i just told you of like i realized that i built my career of being in politics being a ghostwriter, being all these things and when i opened my mouth to speak and no words came out i panicked and had like the worst crisis of my life essentially and now I do what I do to help you avoid the pain of being voiceless because I came up against it and like it, it hurt. Yeah. No. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. Um, now going back to like origin story, we're talking origin story now. Talking foundation, right? Like, why do I do what it fundamentally, the answer for why I do what I do is because I know what it's like to be voiceless. Now where that story starts is when I was 18 months old, um, I was just learning to walk and somebody left the door open of our front of our house. And I walked out the front door and somehow made it behind the neighbor's van. And the way that my mom would tell, would tell this story growing up is that she noticed the door was open, kind of like got that freaked out parent moment of like, First Cameron mm-hmm. runs out to the front yard just in time to see me underneath the wheels of the van as it was backing out over me. And it backed out like just right around the abdomen. Oh, um, right God. around my back. 
18 months old. And um, she screamed for him to stop. He didn't know what was going on. So he stopped the car and rolled back over me. Oh, um, my God. So he, so from that incident, um, I was in the hospital for a little while. But miraculously, there were no broken bones. There was no internal bleeding. There was no significant permanent damage um, that we could tell at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, one aspect of that is that nobody could touch me for weeks afterwards because I was bruised, like extremely bruised from having a car run over. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I always grew up with that story, but I didn't know what it meant. I was just like, oh, cool. This thing happened to me before I was born, before I can remember, because I don't remember this. Um, how interesting. I have this random story. About two months ago, um, I was sitting with my wife and my wife is really gifted with energetics. And she can feel where energy is stuck. Mm -hmm. And so we we're just sitting together and all of a sudden she just points at my abdomen, like right below my belly button. She's like, what is going on here? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, and she poked it. She like poked me. Like you felt fine, right? Like you're like, I felt fine. Uh, I, okay. I was just, we we're just hanging out. And she just yeah. like pokes me right there. And all of a sudden I get this like intense sensation of emotionality just coming up in my body. And like, I just wanted to scream and cry and laugh and like all of the things. All yeah. Of just like, like a burst of emotion. Like, Whoa. And she's like, what's going on here? I'm like, I don't know, but do that again. Like she poked it again. The same thing happens. And so she started doing some energy work, like massaging the area and like moving the energy up. And I closed my eyes and had the most surreal experience of my life where I began to remember that incident. I began to remember being run over, but I don't, I don't have like, I call it like physical memories. I don't have like images or sounds or anything like that. I'm, I'm like okay. a normal memory. I only have sensations in my body and emotions mm. and so what was happening as she was like doing this work on me is i suddenly realized like holy crap i am literally right now processing through the trauma of what happened to me when i was 18 years old i was and about I, to say the trauma was in your body the trauma is in my body and i was reliving like the terror of being alone stuck under a van like it just gives me chills thinking about it because like i can just feel that version of me who is just alone and scared and yeah, I could absolutely. feel my mom's fear. And like children are very open. They just absorb everybody's emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And so I could I could feel like my mom's fear. I could feel all sorts of stuff happening as my wife is like moving this up. Oh, and then crazy. one thing that, that I have learned is that when emotions coming up, you have to allow yourself to do what it wants. And like, I just screamed. <laughs> Yeah, but I screamed like I was a baby. It was really interesting. And all of a sudden, like I opened my eyes, I looked at her, and I was like, you will not believe what just happened. Now I share that story as like an origin story of like the beginning of voicelessness. And the reason is when I look back at my life, I always felt kind of like the black sheep. And entrepreneurs, yeah. you may resonate with this. You don't feel like the black sheep because you're the one who lags behind. You're the black sheep because you stand in front. Yeah, you're a black sheep Definitely. because you're the overachiever, because you excelled at all the things, because you had the A's, you were the debate club captain, you did all of the things. And everyone always told you you're special. 
Mm-hmm. You are one of a kind. And the problem with being one of a kind is that you are one of a kind. And it's lonely. It's different. Yeah. Different. Yes. And there's a special kind of pain of feeling like you don't fit in. And I think that for me, part of the trauma of that incident of withdrawing in on myself and feeling like I had to put on this facade was that I was dis- I became disconnected from my family around me from that incident, as far as I can figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you you're, and, and the they weren't, they, they weren't able, story. they weren't able to like touch you and cause I remember you telling me that and right. you, you did touch on that lightly saying they weren't able to really touch you. So you didn't even, I mean, you naturally felt like a disconnection from your family. Totally. I mean, trauma by its very nature isolates you. It's mm. a, an experience that puts you into a situation that like nobody knows what, what your trauma feels like. Even if someone's gone through something similar, they don't know what it feels like, right? So by its very nature, it's isolating. And I lived the rest of my life just moving on. It's not like I had a terrible childhood or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But there's always this sense that black sheepness. I actually named my company There Are No White Sheep because we all feel like a black sheep in some instances. Oh, don't wait. That's the name of your company? Yeah, the LLC. What? Like okay, yeah. so the LLC. Okay, that's interesting. the LLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like we have a different. L- yeah, we have a different LLC. We just do business as a different right. name. Yeah. yeah, my actual business is called My Story Economy. And Which, so, by the like, way, I wanted to tell you. I just want to tell yeah. you. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's a Go genius name. I just wanted to. That's a genius name. Like I like it a lot. So thank you. Stuff, I think it might be stuff. the name of my of a. Uh, it was originally supposed to be the name of a book. And I just put on the company name. Ah, well, yeah, it works. So I love be, it. I'll probably do that. But nice. You know, you guys are getting the rough draft of this, the rough, the raw version of it. And like Mm -hmm. even telling the story, and this is also kind of the point of telling story. I can feel it again. I can feel like, like the terror of being like 18 months old and feeling completely alone in the world. And that sense of aloneness and isolation, disconnection never went away for years, for years Um, until I began to do the work to start telling my story. And it was through the telling of my story that I was able to access these things and begin to heal. And that's a, that's a process that always continues. So there's kind of two sides to the story economy. There's the side of like what happened to me and now I put it into my marketing because right now I'm marketing, I'm sharing my story. Of yeah, like one exactly. of the darkest moments. Um, and there are other stories. So like that personal why, that foundational story, I find that there are, a handful of very significant moments that inform your core mission. And for me, it's voicelessness. Like I am, I know that my purpose here on this planet is to help heal disconnection and isolation between, between people. And like the way that it's manifesting right now is I'm doing that through helping entrepreneurs tell their stories. And I think that's always going to be a part of it, Mm -hmm. but I got, you know, I want to, take down the healthcare industry. I want to do like all sorts of things. And it's going to look different in those different areas. Yeah. But yeah. That mission for some people, that mission came from a declaration that you made of never again. When mm. somebody did something or something happened to you and you said never again. God, that is so interesting. That is so interesting. Like, okay, you experienced something. So you're like, in other words, your mind interprets that as not a safe thing. It wasn't comfortable. It wasn't safe. It was painful. So for a protection mechanism, never again. And that can keep people from keeping things in. And, you know, that's so interesting because I just think this conversation is very important to have. And I remember the reason why, like one of my big reasons as to why I wanted to get you on here was because I know not a lot of entrepreneurs in this space, um, especially in the coaching space, talk enough 
about the feeling of not feeling like you have a voice, the feeling of not being good enough, like the most successful and driven entrepreneurs, like some of the biggest names I've worked with them. And I've seen directly that no matter how successful they are, still feeling like, oh, I guess what I have to say doesn't matter. And so it's just really interesting. Now, now I'm curious. I know you have your own process that you, like you said, you reverse engineered on yourself and stuff, but if you can give us a 30,000 foot view of like, how do you actually extract your story? If somebody's listening to this, they're like, I feel like I have so many things. Like, I don't know what my story is. Like, what would you say to that individual who's not like hundred percent sure what their story is? Yeah. I mean, first I'd say like message me. Um, yeah, exactly. There you go. So you can have all of these links like, below. Just message him. He'll help you directly extract it. Um, because self-extracting a story is a, is possible and it's a process and there's a lot of healing in that. And mm-hmm. a lot of people will never do that work. Yeah. But you're an entrepreneur. If you're watching this. So like you're not you're, a person. Yeah. You're, you're growth oriented. So you're open <laughs> to growing. Yeah. You eat, pain and personal development for breakfast yeah as long as you know that there's healing on the other side so understanding what your story is like i'll give you like a little a little framework for how i not only extract the story but then how i produce it and turn it into written content because that personal why story it, it goes into your content marketing because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and so like connecting with people on the basis of your story, which exemplifies your values and your vision, talking about that, and then talking about what you do for work, how you can help them in their business, belief shifting content, all that. Like that is always my preferred way to do marketing is like, let's, let's make a heart connection first, because when you make heart connections, your people will stick with you forever. They buy in easier. And they'll remember you. They'll remember, even if you aren't, they aren't like actively following you anymore, they will remember you of like, cause people will remember the way you made them feel. And that's what a story does. So here's You're a little a genius, framework, bro. You're a genius. I just want to say that. <laughs> Thank you. Here's a little framework for you. I call this my, per- this is my seven figure story extraction framework. It's like, I help avatar. Um, I need to pull this up because I don't have it memorized. (laughs) Go ahead, ahead, dude. This is is perfect. I help Avatar with their problem. Mm -hmm. Here it is. I found it. Okay. I want medicine for myself. And like, this is in brackets. Like this is, the medicine is something that is unique to you. I want this medicine for myself. I want to cure my own voicelessness. So I give that medicine in the form of my offer to my avatar. I know that this is medicine because I myself have suffered the wound. It's the story of what that wound was. This is why I do what I do to heal and prevent that wound in the avatar by giving my medicine. Because the thing is, we always give the medicine that we crave for ourselves. And when we, when we spend our life giving away our the medicine that we need for ourselves we create patterns when we create those patterns they manifest into the problems that you have that everyone else in in their marketing is talking about as pain points but when you can actually go to the heart of it 
and talk about the patterns that were formed from those stories. That's how you change people's lives. Okay, real quick, hold on. So you said when you can trace it to the patterns as to, as to like the story that created the pattern is what you're saying. If you can connect that, that yeah. would, okay. Yeah, so for me, my, my story of, you know, it's easy for me to look and see the story like when I entered politics and like I started amplifying other people's messages like so you saw patterns of this voicelessness the pattern of always putting someone else's voice before my own and that produces a lot of stuff and it it comes from a lot of stuff like i don't feel worthy i don't feel good enough and like literally pouring energy like i structured my life to reinforce the belief that my voice wasn't worth anything mm, you have to validate that belief and that belief was there. I just didn't quite know it. And so I built my life that way. And here's the thing about like your stories and your patterns is they're double-edged. Your, your, your story of your pain produced your medicine, but then it becomes toxic. It becomes poisonous to you when you have that medicine and you aren't taking it for yourself. That's usually when people get stuck. Like we, you've also probably heard of like entrepreneurs who like just go for it, make a ton of money. Then they arrive at the top with their seven figure business and they're just super unfulfilled. And they're like, how did I get here? Because they built a business from a wound. Giving and they spent, they built their business around giving away their medicine and they never give it to themselves. It's the hardest and most effective, most important work that you can do is to take what you do for other people and give it to yourself. And you probably aren't able to do that because you don't even see what it is. You probably aren't able to do that because there's a pattern prohibiting you from it. Mm, I'm just like... I'm just like, it's like I gotta absorb this right now. This is like, this is I've never heard marketing. Anybody talk about marketing the way you talk about marketing, man? And it's so freaking important. My God, marketing to me, and this is how I call out my people, I guess, as I'm discovering it. Mm-hmm. Marketing to me is a methodology and a vehicle for transformation both for you and for your client. Because when you do marketing well, they move out of a limiting belief that kept them from purchasing from you and they purchase from you, but it's not about ah. the transaction. So, so it's like the, uh-oh, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think- It sounded I, kind I, of funny on my end for a minute. Yeah, yeah, I think we cut out for a second, but real quick. Marketing is a vehicle for transformation. So what you're saying is when you do marketing well, especially through story, the marketing itself transforms somebody's belief system enough to move and move forward towards your service or towards that transformation that they will get with you. Yeah. And the cool thing, the interesting thing is that (sighs) that is what marketing is, no matter who does it or how. Because a marketing is showing up and saying, I have this product for sale. If you give me money, I'll give you this thing. And in order for the marketing to work, 
you have to overcome some kind of objection. You have to shift something in their awareness and tap into a desire that they have to help them remove the cognitive resistance to purchasing that thing. Whether or not you're selling iPhones or $100,000 a year coaching programs. It's just when you're a personal brand selling these things, like the journey is a lot more significant <laughs> and it means yeah. a lot more. Yeah. One of my, one of my copywriting mentors, when I first started and he's just a good friend now, mm-hmm. um, Ryan Schwartz, who wrote for Amy Porterfield. Oh yeah. Time, I know who that is. A lot of other people. Yeah. yeah I know who and that so Ryan developed a methodology called coaching the conversion and that framework is literally what you are doing in marketing. And like my spin and my take on it is that it is not just transformation for them. It's transformation for you because when you tell your story in a way that impacts somebody at that deep level, it changes you too. And it helps you heal things you didn't even know. Dude, I've realized that. Like when I'm at like a speaking event and I'm sharing my, because every, like when I do speeches, everything I do is like do story too. Um, I guess I kind of, I like, I guess I kind of more naturally went that route of just telling stories. I just kind of, this what I did, but I would notice every time I did a speech where I was sharing my story, it helped me out so much when they would come to me saying like, you don't understand how much I needed that. And like, and what that would do for me is big. Now, one thing is I can just hear this in the back of my head. I can hear somebody because I used to believe this, man. I used to believe that I did not really have a story um, because a lot of entrepreneurs, I can imagine some are like, well, I don't really know what my story is. Or I would say my story is I just wanted to make a lot of money. So I got into business. So what would you say to people who, who they're convinced that they don't have a story? I'm going to take that example of the person like, I just, I made a lot of money or I just want to make a lot of money. And okay. it's like, you look a layer deeper. I've talked, I've, I've coached a lot of entrepreneurs who were like, here's a good example of, of this exact problem. One of the, one of the first instances where I realized that this was a thing for me, I was talking to this dude and his story in his marketing was I was a broke journalist trying to make it work. And then I became a six figure agency owner. Mm-hmm. And so I started digging in with them and I was like, yeah, but why, why were you a broke journalist? Like, where did that come from? And like, why did you start this thing in the first place? Like, why were you trying to get out of being a broke journalist? And we started going deeper and deeper and deeper because a big thing that he did and still does is helping entrepreneurs create systems. That was like a huge focus. He's like, I want people to build systems so that if life happens, then, then they can rely on the systems of the business and everything doesn't just like collapse. Yeah. Like, well, why? Why does that matter to you? Go down the rabbit hole. It turns out when he was 14 years old, his dad had a stroke. His dad was an entrepreneur who was a solopreneur. And when he oh, had yeah. a stroke, the family income disappeared. And they spent the next five, six years, I get chills just thinking about it, struggling to survive as a family because his dad couldn't work anymore. And mm-hmm. his mom had to figure it out. The siblings had to figure it out. They just had to survive. So when he's talking about, I help entrepreneurs with systems and I do that because I was a broke journalist and now I make money and like now I have systems to make me more money. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. 
No shit. If that's your story, because we all, because we all intuitively know that nobody's actually motivated by money. Yes, intuitively, you are hundred percent right. Money is just an external thing. It's like a byproduct to beliefs. Exactly. Exactly. And so when we dug deep and we started like telling that story about his dad, like he, he wrote that story. Of course, it crushed him. These stories always crush in terms of engagement. That's not why you do it. He started using it in his sales process. I don't know if he still does, but. Um, you mean like, I, like, God damn. He just like send a story to people before he got on a sales call and be like, hey, just so you know, this is kind of like why I do what I do. Mm. You know, that's interesting because um, I actually, after this hour, what I'm going to be doing is going to be re-recording our, so if you're in this group, you're, who knows more than likely you're going to go through our sales process one day. <laughs> and uh, um, um, after they have their first call with us, um, what I'm doing is I'm putting together a video of basically me sharing my story and then she like equating it to why they're even watching the video in the first place because i want to tell you something i decided because my work i can like you know i like i do hypno work and i can get to the root cause of a lot of things so after we had our conversation i was fascinated with figuring out why i do what i do i was fascinated with figuring out why do i do what i do So I went ahead and I went into hypnosis like for myself. And then I just, I just know like the certain language to get myself back to a certain scene. But anyways, it was really interesting because I usually go to three scenes. I only went to one scene this time. I don't know why I didn't go to like multiple scenes, but I remember being in, in this scene and it was the same scene that had to do with like why I always struggled with money. And it was really interesting. But the scene was basically me. I was eight years old and seeing my mother ball her eyes out because she just got her car taken away. So she got her car taken away. She got her car repoed. She didn't have the car to take us to school, which means she didn't have the car to even go to work, make more money to get the car out of the out of the lot. Right. She didn't like have the money. So sitting there watching that, watching my mom pour her eyes out made me believe that as a family unit, something is fundamentally wrong with us because we don't have money. That's not, that's like something is wrong with us if we don't have any money. At eight years old, my mind was convinced that something was wrong with us. And this made me feel so inadequate in so many moments of my life. I would never fully apply myself. I wouldn't even apply myself because I knew I'm not good enough to actually like get something out of this so like i'm not going to apply myself and with the people that i talk to no matter how successful they are they are so consciously ambitious but unconsciously they're like a five-year-old kid that genuinely does not feel like they're good enough they feel small they feel like they don't have attention and the work that i do removes any feelings that convince you otherwise and that, that convinced you that you are not capable of creating the life that you want, it's basically setting you free from everything that you thought was holding you back. Yeah. And so, like, to me, I was like, the work that I do sets people free from those beliefs that hold them back from showing up and creating the impact that they want in the same exact way that that day, that belief made me per- like, literally, it made me suppress speaking up. It made me suppress like going after what I wanted because I had a, I had a, you know, sincere conviction that I wasn't even like, it's not available to me. So why go for it? 
So I just want to let you know, like, that was my story. But what yeah. I'm doing is, is I'm putting that story into the, the inside the sales process. So when you said that he did that, I was like, all right, I think I'm on the right track. But yeah. um, so, yeah, but I wanted to share that with you, but, dude, like that's what came up for me. Yeah. Um, Can we play with that for yeah. a minute? Because like with a story like that, I find that there's usually two ways that entrepreneurs specifically entrepreneurs respond mm -hmm. one is the way you described of like what's what's the point of even trying if there's something fundamentally flawed with mm -hmm. me that was my reaction too and usually what happens there and you can probably relate is that suppression that energy of your potential has to go somewhere yes. and so like if it doesn't get expressed in a healthy way through using and giving your gifts you will have to suppress that energy with some kind of addiction basically yes brother you are not lying like one of my clients they were having a lot of panic attacks and so like i said we went through the process and basically she never spoke up her entire life because the scene that she was in was she was alone right yeah. remember i think i told you about this but she was oh, alone yeah. sitting in her house and then she was saying like i can't ask my grandma where my mom's at because that's adult stuff you're not supposed to ask yeah. So it made her feel like asking, speaking up for what you want is not okay. And so all of a sudden with all these panic attacks, the panic attack was like, well, you don't talk. So I'm talking for you. This is my way of expressing okay. the voice that you never express. Right? Like yeah. fucking insane, bro. And like and insane. Like for entrepreneurs too, like when you suppress your potential, like something like physically something can happen, manifest as an addiction, porn, alcohol, weed. Oh, whatever. yeah or it can turn into an addiction, an acceptable addiction, an acceptable addiction, like addiction to the hustle, the addiction to overworking, the addiction to like significance and being seen in a certain way with like, look at me, but don't see me. And that's the other side of it too, is that sometimes there's another kind of entrepreneur who will take a scene like that and they'll go in the other direction and be like, I will never allow myself to feel that way again. I will never allow myself to feel so disempowered. And they'll work their entire life to feel in control. Yeah. Very true. I've had that too. Yeah. Um, so all of this is why like story is so fascinating and so interesting because like I, I love that you bring this into marketing. And it forms the backbone of your brand. Just so happens. Say it again. It what? It forms the backbone of your brand. Huh. Because without without the story of like who is Adrian, then like you're just another hypnotist, but you're not. Like your exactly. experiences have crafted you into the kind of person who is like remarkably different from anybody else. And the way that you approach your work and why you approach your work and how you approach your work is drastically different. A few years ago, I was talking to a copywriter who we we're, I was just getting on. He was like figuring out his career. And I was like, at that point, more advanced in my career than yeah. Um, yeah. he was. And we we're just kind of talking about stuff. And he's saying like, I don't know, like, I'm just a copywriter. I just write copy like everyone else. I was like, well, when's the first time you can remember writing? And he's like, I wrote my mom like a letter when I was like, I don't know, five or six. And he's like, I guarantee you that nobody else has the memory of being five or six in that specific situation, in that specific place, writing their mom the, the words that you wrote. So you do have something unique and different mm. about what you're doing. We just have to figure out how to share that share that yeah because like nobody has your experiences and that's what the story economy is all about it's about making your experiences count 
not just for your marketing, but for yourself. Because so often we try and share a story, we try and grow. Nine, not 10 times out of 10, if you're an entrepreneur and you're hitting a revenue ceiling, and it doesn't matter if that revenue ceiling is seven figures or eight figures, it's because there's a part of you that needs to heal to get to the next level. Because there's oh that version of you God. that is holding you back because it's too scared to move forward. Say that one more time. There's a, there's a version of you that needs to heal to move, to, to grow to the next level. Like in October, um, my company did $60,000 first. And it was the first time we did over 50 K in a month. And in order for that to happen, I had to heal a lot of different, a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of different things to even be, yeah. able, be able to receive that. Do you have space for it? Talk about that for a second. That I, I believe that you only see opportunities when you have the space for it. So when you okay. say to receive that, to have the space for it, what do you mean by that? Dude, receiving, oh my gosh, receiving is everything. It, it, it's everything. Um, if you are going to allow yourself to receive, the prerequisite for that is that you love yourself enough to give yourself good things. And that is going to put you face-to-face -face with your inadequacy feelings, your worth, worthiness feelings, your voicelessness. Part of the reason why I love working with voice and like doing the voicelessness work with story is because your voice is the most powerful part about you because it's how you create your external reality from your internal reality. It's the bridge oh between God. your internal world and your external world. You can't create something without first describing it in language, which is why your language is important, by the way. And so like to be able to receive something internally and create that result externally, like I use the bridge kind of like a doctor, you know, like doctors will use like probes and they'll like make a tiny incision in one part of the body and like put it up into your heart to like yeah. do the surgery with like this little probe. That's how I kind of see it. It's like the voice is the bridge to be able to do so much internal work. That's how we do internal work. Be able to fix this and clear out space because you cannot receive fifty thousand dollars, sixty thousand money. You can't receive money if you are in a position where inside, imagine like this is literally an empty space, and inside, instead of being able to receive money, which is just a form of energy, instead there's self-loathing and self-hatred, and there's like oh, and there's like anger. And there's hurt and there's like all of these things you're holding on to. And you're like, I want 50, I want, I want a seven figure business, but I don't want to let go of all this. One of the key things that shifted for me in just in my life is that, and here's story time again, another reason why I do what I do. When I was 14 years old, um, my best friend passed away suddenly, no warning. She was there and then she was gone obviously very devastating. Um, but it was specifically devastating because she was the first person that I've met who I felt like really understood me. And it was like somebody had my GPS coordinates and they could always find me when I was lost. And then that person was gone. And I just, for the next decade, felt very, very lost. And this year, I went on a transformational retreat and we were doing a, a breathwork session. Okay. 
with breath work is really powerful because breath work allows your body to complete interrupted fight, flight, or freeze cycles when you experience trauma. So that stuff that we talked about, your emotions get stored in your body. Uh, Breathwork is one modality that you can use to let your body express through trauma that's unresolved. Oh, uh, because it's like your like especially diaphragm and yeah, it was a it was a it was a whole thing. Interesting. So I'm like there breathing, moving through some stuff, and all of a sudden, like just this memory just floated up to the surface, and I was sitting at my school because she died i went to a very small school there's like 40 people in the high school mm -hmm. small private school she died the next day i went to school because i wanted to be around my friends i wanted to be around people who are going through the same thing mm -hmm. and i remember sitting there and what i wanted to do was sob like loudly I wanted to scream. I wanted to express and let it all out. And I remember holding it tight because that's embarrassing. It's not how you're supposed to express in Western culture. You're supposed to be quiet. You're supposed to sit there and just kind of be strong, be strong, be stronger than your feelings. You're supposed to be strong. And that stayed in my body for 15 years until I did that breathwork session in Maui. And I let it out and I realized that I'd never allowed myself to fully grieve what had happened. And that 14 year old version of me needed to let it out. That version of me needed to heal. And then all of the pain, because 2019 for me, when I was talking about like my big explosion, it was all moments and things that triggered that trauma of feeling abandoned feeling like the people that I knew around me had left, feeling misunderstood, and then being alone in business where nobody could help me really what was how to manage myself and healed all of it. Like mm -hmm. actually legitimately healed it completely. And then came out of that session and was like, all right, I feel like I've been holding onto a suitcase full of bricks and I'm not holding onto it anymore. And that suitcase full of bricks, when you open it up, it said pain and suffering, and I need to suffer. It said it has to hurt. It has to be hard. Because there is some uh. kind of survivor's guilt. Some kind of just like, I felt that I had to be in pain always. And so I spent the next 15 years after she died, like punishing myself. And became an entrepreneur wondering why I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. Because if unaddressed, you will always build your business to mimic your trauma. Holy shit. I'm going to say that. Okay, say that one more time for the people in the back. If unaddressed. If you leave it unaddressed, you will always build your business to mimic your trauma because it feels familiar. It's what you know. Holy crap. Hold on. You'll always mimic. You always build your business to mimic. Your trauma because it feels familiar and that's and until you like do the work and that's why i do what i do with story is because i'm not just going in there being like hey let's put together some story posts and like write an email sequence with your stories and like people are going to love you and they're going to buy your stuff it's like if we're going to do this we're going to like do the things and address the stories that are like actually keeping you stuck that you need to heal from and then we're going to show you how how to tell that story because like, I can stand here and tell you, like, 
I was so lost in my porn addiction and my alcohol addiction, which is just a side effect of the porn addiction that like, I, I felt like a danger to myself and others. That's how lost I felt. And I can talk about losing my friend when I was 15 and like the pain of that experience, which is now redeemed, but I can only tell those stories and I still can feel the emotions of those stories. But now I've built an energetic body that can handle it. Mm, and so like I what I do is body. it's not just about telling the story. It's about helping entrepreneurs become like grow into the entrepreneur that they can be to be able to tell the full story and hold it. Wow. Hold it. Because I know a lot of people can't even revisit stories. Mm -hmm. They can't even revisit. They don't want to revisit because of how painful it is. In other words, they have not healed through it is what you're saying. Yeah. Or another thing that can happen is the opposite side of it where you just share the story. But when you share the story and you tell people about it, it's like you're ordering ice cream. There's nothing, right? And you can feel when somebody just like, yeah, so like this terrible thing happened to me and I was assaulted and like, and like all these things happened and like really messed up my life. And you're like, are you okay? Yeah, like, like, it, like there's nothing, like there's like, yeah, like it, there's no like transaction in terms of right. like, just the energy, like the transact, like the, you know, and one thing that you said about the energy body is I do believe energy capacity is a real thing. Like mental capacity, energy capacity, the real and thing and address the stories that keep you stuck. And, you know, like, man, this is insane. And then whenever you said we'll mimic our trauma because it's familiar, it's very true. Like our mind is not like unfamiliar. This is why people think things are difficult. I'm just like, no, it's not difficult. It's just so unfamiliar to you that your mind will not enjoy that. So this yeah. is like what um, Eli Wilde, you know who Eli Wilde is? Yeah, he was, I was at an event in Miami when he speaked and he talked about people having emotional homes, like people always being angry, people always being depressed, people always, no matter what. And like Joe Dispenza said, if somebody's saying, I'm always upset at my husband, they're like, okay, let's tie your husband up to a chair, tie his mouth shut, shoot him to the rocket. Why? Shoot him to the moon. Now, look, you're going to go find somebody else to be upset about. Right. It's an emotional home we run to. So I understand yeah. while creating a business. If there's like legitimate traumas and stories that you have not processed, that you have not healed from, your body's not going to even want to create a level, a level of success that's unfamiliar to you. Totally. Your body won't even let you create that a level of success. Your energy won't let you have that. So this is so fascinating to me. I don't, yeah. but I just want you to know, Cam, like throughout this conversation, this is, by the way, guys, this is our second like interaction, like me and Cam, like second interaction on Zoom, like, you know, but aside from that, dude, like from what you're saying, I just want to say I appreciate what you do so much because I feel like you're setting a new standard for what marketing actually is. Like you're redefining what marketing I've never heard. Like I'm telling you, man, maybe there's other people who talk about it like you, but at least to my knowledge, I have never heard somebody break down marketing the way you do. And so I just want to say, dude, like, Bro, like, just I, don't, I want to lock arms with you and like help you get in front of more people. Exactly why I'm doing this, man, because yeah. this is the most interesting take on marketing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, bro, come to our event. We're doing an event in Nashville, January 29th. Oh, wait, January 29th? Yeah, we're gonna do this in real time. 
and like collapse months of work into hours. I know, I know I'm having uh, an event the third week of January. I'll be in Arizona speaking actually at an event. Um, nice. By the way, someone just said, thank you for this interview. They're definitely like digging this man. Um, yeah. This yeah. is like, yeah, bro. Okay. I'm gonna connect with you on this event. Um, and yeah. Um, and yeah. it's a, um, that event is a, um, just for everyone else to give what you get. So like, there's no upfront cost. It's like you get value, then you can make a, a contribution at the end of it, but there's no upfront cost to it. So interesting do you have a yeah. link for that where people can learn more about that not yet not yet yeah, yeah, not yet all right well guys um just dm me or just comment below this video and if you're listening to the podcast um i'm not sure when this episode i know the episode will be out maybe in like three weeks from now depending i think so but um either way we're gonna find a way to get this get more people yeah, to this we'll thing um, like yeah of course of course you and know. you said this is in nashville that's in nashville i mean you know, it's kind of tying back to that bandwidth conversation. Like right now, this year, in the past six months, we've completely restructured our entire business. Um, we sold our house in California. We're in the middle of a move to Tennessee. We bought a house in Tennessee. I'm going out there to like fix it up. And all of this, like, I think I told you like privately, some of the developments that have happened in our life that I can't share publicly yet. Mm -hmm. But we're also dealing with like some of that stuff. And it's like, I never would have been able to do any of that if I hadn't developed emotional bandwidth. And the emotional bandwidth came from like looking honestly at my stories, beginning to share them. And because that process is how you heal. It's how you heal the story. God damn, man. This is the most, I, I just love the way this conversation went. And let yeah. me, let me, let me, let me uh, and guys, by the way, look out because um, I'm, I'm going to speak it into existence because we're talking about our voices creating our reality, right? Look out for an amazing collaboration I'm going to do with this guy coming yeah. in the near future because I love what this guy does. Huh? Coming to a theater near you. Uh, yeah, coming to a theater near you. So you guys get ready for that. But aside from that, man, I like to, two questions I want to ask you totally. as we close this out. First question. Who do you know that I should probably know and I should meet have a conversation like this with it, by the way, yeah. this is how I build up one head of a list. Yeah. It Talk is. to you. should know Nick Cavuto. Um, Nick, what Nick Cavuto, Nick was my mentor last year. Um, like you would love a conversation. You would love, like he would be, so good for this amazing like you would love him amazing. um and probably my other coaches bucky o'neill and leah natariani nobody knows who they are because they don't have much of a brand online which i'm helping them with mm -hmm. but they're the best coaches i've ever met lovely and like have helped me it's interesting because i came to them as someone who did story and they approach it completely differently uh -huh. but it's what i needed I needed ah. a different approach to yeah. be able to see my approach in a different way. Um, and yeah. it completely changed my conception of story. So like most of the conversation I wouldn't be able to have six months ago. Mm. So I was still very repressed. Yeah, yeah. Man, dude. Well, all I want you to know is like, I'm obsessed with figuring out how I can add value to you. So let me know. But anyways, the last question here is if you had, this is gonna be a fun one for you because voice is a big thing. Yes. Now, if you had 60 seconds left to like your last message in the world, last, last 60 seconds ever, 
60 mm. seconds. What exactly would you put out there? Oh, bro. I love the reaction when I ask people. They're like, oh, my God, I should have thought about this. Thought off, about this. off top, man, what would you say last 60 seconds? Nick, you have medicine that you were put on this earth by God to give other people. And it's your divine assignment to do everything that you can to give that medicine. And the first place that you have to start is to give that medicine to yourself and understanding that your story matters, period. That there's nothing more important than your story and to be able to share that. And anything that stands in the way of you sharing that story, especially yourself, is just an obstacle that you are meant to work through. And God put that in you. It's not an accident. He created it for you to use it for the for the purpose of greater connection for you to know not only yourself, but also to know him. And that is genuinely the most important thing that you can do with your life is to know yourself completely so you can know other people and you can know your creator. That Amen. is the most important thing. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much. And thanks a lot for stopping on. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna stop the live stream, but I just want to communicate with you for like a couple minutes. But anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Cam, really quickly, how can they, what's the easiest and fastest way for them to reach out to you? Because I can imagine you're going to, there's going to be a couple, you know, some people who want to learn more about working with yeah. you. So how can they reach I mean, out? To you? Easiest and fastest is just my, my personal Facebook. Um, okay. I'll put the link and all of that in the show notes. Yeah. And there's also the, the Facebook group bit.ly slash story economy group. Um, all right. In there. And I'll put that in there too. And one thing that I do is that I do one-off story extraction sessions. I'm actually rolling it out as a Black Friday thing. Um, oh, so there's no content about it that exists at this moment. By the time this is published on the podcast, it'll, it'll still yeah. be there. Okay, um, beautiful. But I do that, yeah. Okay, and wonderful. So get, in, get into my world. I post a lot of content on my personal profile. Yeah, I like uh, your content, man. That's I think that's what like initially made me want to like send you a request when I did. But um, all right, man, beautiful, beautiful. Thanks a lot, Cam. All right, see you guys.